0: half of them can't even shoot. What's that boy named? I'm glad he got himself together. The Chinaman from Houston. What's his name? Lane change home. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all mean seven feet nine inches tall. I saw a game. He only had one fucking rebound.
1: One fucking <laughs> rebound. <laughs>
0: motherfucker the basket
1: right here, mother. on the side of me. Don't fuck with the spray jeans. Roll it on my motherfucking strap on the side of me. Don't fuck with the spray jeans.
0: To make us fuck up the bomb so we can blow shit. Oh boy. I'm back in the building. This is King Known Uncensored. We're going to have this episode called Land of the Eliminated. Oh uh, boy, man. And we got new music Fridays as well. We got three releases and probably for the first time ever. We're going to hop right into the music, though, because this is a setup. It's a setup because um, right now I'm currently in the process of um, watching um, the Timberwolves play the uh, Thunder as they have a 109-86 lead. It's looking like, unless there's a miracle... Uh, The Minnesota Timberwolves are more than likely going to play the Denver Nuggets in the first round. But Let's get to this music, man. So we got three new releases. We going to start off with... I might as well go in the order of when I listen to this shit. Black Thought, we got a new Black Thought release in the building with this producer named L. Michaels Affair, that's the cat's name, they released a project together called Glorious Game, and I'm always down to hear some new Black Thought shit, but, you know, I was a little bit weary because Black Thought's last project was underwhelming and fucking trash. So let's see if Thought bounces back. We're going to start off with Grateful. Black Thought kind of puts his feet in the dirt. Pretty good opener. Not impressed, but not awful. Glorious game featuring Kirby. This is dope. I love the beat beat is incredible. Like, the production on here was way better than the album that he released with Danger Mouse. Uh, I'm Still Somehow pretty dark, but sol- solid. Holloway, pretty good. Not complaining about this one at all. Protocol featuring Son Little. This was pretty fucking dope, man. Black Thought was snapping on here the weather. I love the weather, yo. This is a incredible song. It takes you back to those summers as a kid growing up in the neighborhood and getting into all types of shenanigans and things of that nature. So Black Thought definitely brings those lyrics to light. That girl, who would have thought Black Thought has another girl record after 50 years. Dope girl record, man. Very dope girl record. And it's so mature. You know what I'm saying? That's how you know Black Thought's an old head. I would never. He continues the, the, the good streak right here. Alone was okay. Miracle was dope as hell. Glorious Game reprise is just an outro to the original track. Alter ego featuring Brain Story. Black Thought gets real introspective and honest. All in all, glorious game by L. Michaels affair and Black Thought. Black Thought is in his bag. Um, he bounces back after a trash, trash. Album with danger miles this album has better production better lyrics and it seems like black thought is a lot more inspired on this record. And i'm impressed it's a pretty solid project is it an album of the year candidate absolutely not. But is it something to listen to when you want to hear great lyrics over above average beats. like hip-hop this is an album for you definitely an impressive project by uh, black Thor and L Michaels affair next up young blue drop a brand new project and uh, yet another project this kid is a hard-working cat love scars too I didn't listen to the original Love scars, but however, love scars too. That kind of this kind of surprised me a little bit. Despite me giving Tantra high praise, I was about to like skip over this album and not listen to it, but I'm glad I did though. Casamigos nights. Um, this is pretty good, man. This is a one of those laid back. Lounge records. Games women play. Self-explanatory. As, um, you know. You know how it go. It pretty much has the same exact vibe as Casamigo Nights. This was perfectly placed. The Way You Rock is pretty much a continuation. These is like two-step records if you will lonely winners also a pretty dope record so uh, young blue is four for four here waterfalls with Ty Dolla Sign continues the streak of dope-ass records as you know Ty Dollar Sign and young blue have a dope-ass chemistry Under My Spell was probably the first track that I didn't care for. But it's not a bad song, by no means. Distant Lover featuring Chris Brown. Fire. Dope record. Angel Dust. Another great record. 2AM in Dallas. Loving it. You know, Young Blue is talking about, you know, his career. You know, Buddy has a girl at home. So kind of like you know busy so he can't get to his woman and his woman is pissed off can't help who you love is my favorite record on here this is a this is a bop super bop definitely kissing on your tattoos I'm sick of rappers and singers with this kissing on your tattoos theme here. It's a little bit overdone to me. But, decent record. Pussy Papa. Yo, I love this title. It is fucking fire. This this should be a strip club record, in my opinion. You Got It, Interlude. Amazing. An amazing song. Definitely has that late 90s, early 2000s vibe. Till the Death. Super Arrogance. Cocky. And then the closer, um, you know, I heard this song before, uh, Stingy featuring uh, Tink. Great duet. Dope song. All in all. Love Scars 2. Hey, man, I don't know. This this could be fighting with Tantra or Young Blue's best work. I mean, this this kid's put it, putting out solid music, man. I definitely enjoy it. You know, because most of this album, it seems like it's r and esque but there are rap moments on here. So it's kind of like a Tory Lanez thing. But it's still kind of like something like a rap album with R&B undertones. It's definitely giving Tory Lanez vibes on this record. Last but not least... Millie's dropped his new project, Polanco 6. I mean, Millie's is a cat that's, I think he signed to Jadakiss. He's definitely Jadakiss artist. I don't know if this is considered an album. I don't know if this is considered a mixtape. Let me check for uh for confirmation here. Cause I don't think he has a Wikipedia. All right, fuck it. We're not even going to. Uh, we're just going to categorize this as an album, until proven otherwise. Because usually they'll have the information on the uh, artist project. But we're gonna get into over. Um, over is pretty dark of a start to a project. It's one. Of, it's but Millie's is. It's spitting on here. Grenadines, pretty much of a continuation of this dark theme that Block 06 has. Moonroof featuring Jadakiss. This is a pretty cool song. This is a good filler. Jadakiss snapping on here, man. My goodness. Guess it was cooking. Becoming featured in G. Herbo was surprising. G. Herbo stayed on beat, y'all. I mean, G. Herbo can rap. But I just don't like the, the, his flow. It's kind of like a turnoff. At times. That's why I've never really fucked with a uh, G. Herbo album. Still not willing to compromise and listen to one. Sorry, not sorry. Dark Shades, this is a, uh, another sad record. He got a lot of sad records on here. This is a dark project. But Dark Shades is one of those songs that you uh, play at a funeral. Pressure. I think that pressure was way entirely too short, super short. Tonight, this was okay. Yo Yo was dope. That was different right there. That was a dope song. Duro again, another short record. Risk Takers featuring Albi Al and Leaf Ward. I did not like the verses from Albi Al and leaf ward millie's verse was okay i think millie should have put two different artists but i understand no you know it's another case of it's okay to tell your man that he can't rap because then one of them was solid on the microphone role model uh, another sad record scriptures with burner I don't like Burner, but the track is okay, but Burner needs not to step in the mic booth like ever again. Never liked him, never liked his music. It was always ass to me. That's just me. All That Matters with Dave East. This was a pretty good one. Not complaining. Fly Game featuring Sada James. Man. Sada James. Sounds like a knockoff Dej Loaf. <clears throat> like Dej Loaf got a lot of daughters in this game and a lot of sons too. But Sada James completely ripped off of her flow. No disrespect, that's just how I feel. Thadde, I mean, <laughs> self explanatory. It's just basically how he turned this good girl into a whore it is what it is how this good girl turned into a freak sentimental pretty much some of the same vibes as dotty violet skies that that was cool stupid love i get it i get the track the track was all right all in all blanco six is a decent project but millie's has issues with this and some of his other projects it's the reason why I don't think uh, Millie's has, has put out a classic project yet. Millie's has too many short songs, too many one-verse songs, like at least have two verses. You know what I'm saying? At least At least have two verses. I was surprised that he had three-verse songs on here. But um, there's no doubt here. Millie's is a dope rapper. Millie's has the potential to be one of the top rappers in the game. But of course, he has to be somewhat commercialized to get the look that he deserves. However, short songs shortchange this project from being a classic. Then, you know... The lyrical content is awesome. He can write songs. He got some bops on here. But I feel like this project could have been a whole lot better. If the songs were more complete. All right, so that was New Music Fridays. All right. Let's move on to tonight's games, man. It was some interesting games. I mean... As you can tell I'm 500 today 500 y'all I am 500 am I happy about that shit fuck no not happy one bit all right let's start off with the Chicago Bulls and the Miami heat the Miami Heat officially eliminate the Bulls y'all 91 to 102 as playoff Jimmy Butler showed up today ladies and gentlemen that was insane fourth quarter was wild. And last night, what the fuck did I tell you about Max Struess? Max Struess and Gabe Vincent have to be on for Miami to win this game. Jimmy and Bam can't do it on their own. Man. ESPN just said that the Bulls only scored one point in the final three minutes and the Heat scored 15 points in the final three minutes. That's crazy. As the Bulls have yet another meltdown. I mean, from most of this game, the Bulls control most of this game. But once that fourth quarter happened... I mean, I told y'all, DR DeRozan could have been used tonight. They had to leave the uh, victory uh, cigar at the crib. Well, DeMar DeRozan had 26 points. Alex Caruso had 16 points. Nikola Vucevic had 12 points, 9 rebounds. Zach Levine had 15 points. Kobe White, shockingly, had 14 points off the bench. Story of the day is Max Strus. The star of the game in the first three quarters was Max Strus. He had 31 points on 8 of 16 shooting, 7 of, t- of 12 from 3. Bam and buyout, despite shooting 1 of 9, did have 17 rebounds. Respect. Jimmy Butler, though, was the star of the fourth quarter as he scored 31 points on 11 of 24 shooting. Although Tyler Hero sold tonight, he had an off game. Still had eight rebounds, seven assists, 12 points. Still decent. Not much contribution from the bench. Not much was really needed here. As Miami punches their ticket to the first round of the playoffs as they go up against the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. I'll give you my predictions shortly. Let's move on to the. uh, Oh, yeah, before I go, Billy Donovan should be fired. Just bottom line. And then also, the Bulls need to break this team up. Because obviously, you put this team together for nothing because they can't win. It's a team full of guys that lose. Let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Oklahoma City Thunder as the Minnesota Timberwolves destroyed the Oklahoma City Thunder 120 to 95. Now, I truly believe that this game showed that Minnesota is a lot more seasoned than OKC. Obviously, uh OKC showed their inexperience and they were pretty much ill-prepared. For this game, I know Shea Gilgis Alexander got injured in the game and came back, but that's no excuses. The Thunder were good enough to win this game, but unfortunately, Minnesota's experience, the return of Rudy Gobert, really just put them over the top. As um, the tandem of Gobert and Towns looking like they're working pretty well. Shea Gillis alexander shot 5 of 19. Scored 22 points, though. Story of the night on this one is Josh Giddy. 2 of 13. So Shea and Josh Giddey combined for 7 of 32 from the field. My goodness. I didn't even know the Timberwolves' defense was like this. Talk about putting the pieces together when they matter. That was very interesting, watching the Timberwolves be active on defense. They were showing uh, 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 Chris Finch got into his bag. He could coach a little bit. I didn't think he could coach at all. But today, he turned up. He put on his best coaching. And the Timberwolves punched the ticket to the playoffs where they play. The Denver Nuggets. This series could get really interesting. Matter of fact, let's go over to Bucks and Heat. Let me give you my predictions. This is going to be a very physical series. I don't think the Miami Heat are going to just lay down and get swept. I don't see that happening. Miami Heat does have their flaws, their inconsistencies, and their mistakes that they make. But you've got to remember, Eric Spolstra is an experienced coach. He's a, uh, what, a two-time champion? So he knows how to win. Miami Heat and Milwaukee kind of like have a rivalry. Because they always seem to meet up in the playoffs. That's crazy. This has got to be the third time out of like four years that they've met up. The last time the Bucks swept them. I don't think Miami forgot about that. But I think I can see this series being very physical. However, I think the difference will be the bench. Like, is Eric Spolstra, is East Spo gonna go deep into the bench and actually play Duncan Robinson? Actually play Kevin Love more. Actually play Victor Oladipo more. Because Milwaukee got a bench. Milwaukee could go 12 deep. Yeah, and and I don't think that Middleton's injury will affect this series. I don't think they really need Middleton for this. No disrespect to the Heat at all. But I'm just saying, like, You need Middleton for Boston. You need Middleton for the Sixers. But Milwaukee got the easy path to the finals. I mean, they got to play the winner of the Knicks and the Cavs. No disrespect to either team. But Milwaukee can beat everybody. But um, I'm going to say Milwaukee in six games. I think that the Heat can win two home games. But after that, it's a wrap for them. I think Milwaukee just has too many pieces. They've been together for years. I know Miami has a staff record label and as a group been together for years, but... This isn't the same Miami Heat team that went to the finals in 2020. It's just not. I know playoff Jimmy's going to go crazy. But someone else would have to step up in that series. Struess is not going to score 31 per night. So people like Bam Adebayo, uh, Tyler Hero, They got to step up if they're going to have a chance of upsetting Milwaukee. But I don't see it happening. Nuggets and Timberwolves. Now, this is going to be interesting, my boy. You know, they play Sunday at 1030. Get your popcorn ready, yo. Yo. Get your motherfucking popcorn ready. I actually like this series. This is a good matchup, actually. The Nuggets might be in trouble. I told y'all. This team is giving me uh, 2007 Mavericks. I know this may sound crazy. I'm just leaning, but I'm trying to get in between six or seven games here. But um, I'm going to choose the Denver Nuggets in six games. Minnesota's going to win a couple games in this series. I think that as far as the starting lineup is concerned, they're evenly matched. But Denver's a little bit more deeper on the bench. I mean, with Christian Braun, with Jeff Green, with Zeke Najee, with uh, Thomas Bryant, with uh, De'Andre Jordan. You know, Denver's a little bit physical here, but I think the MVP is going to win this series in six games it's going to be a physical series for sure you you got aaron gordon on carl anthony towns then you got rudy gobert checking Jokic. that's going to be prime time prime time picking the rebounds is going to be a bitch but the playoffs are finally fucking set here and then, you know, I think the key for the Timberwolves to be successful in this series is Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is going to have to sh- to be regular season Anthony Edwards, in my opinion, if they're going to do anything. If they're going to win this series, Edwards got to be successful.
1: The, the, hey,
0: Conley versus Murray is not a bad
1: matchup either.
0: All right, now, the moment you have been waiting for. The land of the eliminated. Let's get it started and let's get retarded. Let's go. So, now, let's start in the Eastern Conference. Let's start with the land of the eliminated. Toronto Raptors. <clears throat> they had a forty-one and forty-one season. It's that it's that one nation under a groove shit, nigga. It's that. Um. The question is, what are you going to do if you're Toronto? Are you going to clean house and trade Siakam and get some first-round picks for him? Or are you going to build a team around him? I mean, Siakam seems to be the franchise player. Now, I have been advocating that the Raptors, you know, I think uh, Fred Van Vliet's a a free agent next year. Let's look up the Toronto Raptors free agents next year. Uh So we got Pertle Will Barton, Fred VanVleet, Gary Trent Jr., Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, man, that's a lot. Those are some big pieces. I think Fred VanVleet's gonna get paid. I think that um, what Toronto can give him the max. They're probably going. He's probably gonna come back. Even though I feel like they should trade him in my honest opinion. I mean, I don't know what you're going to get, though. I mean, Scotty Barnes, he's a good player. I mean, but I believe that Ananobi and all the rest, I think they should keep Barnes and Siakam and trade everyone else and try to put great role players around those two guys because Siakam and Barnes are very physical forwards but they got way too many physical boards on this team. So something has to give. And I believe that Nick Nurse should be fired at the end of the season. He's worn out his welcome ever since that 2019 championship. And Kawhi Leonard is the only reason why they won that 2019 championship.
1: Next up,
0: The Chicago Bulls landed the eliminated. This is another team that has to, these are the breaks. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Break this shit up. The the tandem of Levine, Vucevic, and DeRozan does not work. So, I feel like one, two, or maybe all three of these guys need to be traded because I feel like the Bulls can get back so many assets for DeRozan, Vucevic, and Levine, who are all former all-stars. This team, this group of players just did not work. I mean, you tried to bring in Lonzo Ball. He got hurt. You tried to bring in – you try to bring in um, – you try to bring in Pat Baev. You try to bring in Alex Caruso. You draft Ayo Dosumo. So, it's just like, fuck. So, my thing is, the Bulls should blow this team up and try to get what you can get for Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. And Billy Donovan should be fired. Like, this dude is nothing. Like, As I explained to y'all last week, all three of these guys come from losing culture. Levine never won anything, never won a playoff series, still hasn't won a playoff series. DeMar DeRozan got lucky that the East was weak and the Raptors got a number one seed and won some playoff series. He's had playoff success, but he's never won the big one. And that's why Toronto traded him for Kawhi. And you saw the difference in the team with Kawhi as opposed to DeRozan. So from a technical standpoint, he's a loser. Because you saw when he went to the Spurs. And he didn't do absolutely nothing. I don't even think he won a playoff series in San Antonio with Pop. So that tells you everything you need to know about DeFrozen. Then Nikola Vucevic has never won a playoff series. He, was on, he took... Now don't get me wrong, he was he carried that shitty ass Orlando Magic team to the playoffs every other year. So Chicago, blow this bitch up. Let it go, man. And no, let it go. Anyway, the Indiana Pacers, man, they had such a great fucking start last year. Matter of fact, before I get to the Indiana Pacers, right, let's go with the Chicago Bulls' free agents. So we got... um. Nikola Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, Vucevic got to leave, (laughs) bro. Vucevic got to go elsewhere. Javante Green and Pat Bev. So it seems like everyone else is, you know, restricted. All right. Let's talk about the Indiana Pacers now. The Indiana Pacers are a really good team. They just ran into injuries. Injuries cost them their season, and I think that's really all that um, that happened. Because Tyrese Halliburton had an all star caliber season, and they were pretty much mid, if you ask me. So, the Pacers, what do they have to do to improve their roster? I mean, obviously, they got a draft right, and they have to sign, you know, skilled players. That fit Tyrese Halliburton's game. It's obvious that Miles Turner is staying. Buddy Heald is probably gonna stay. You know, Aaron Niesmith's gonna stay. O'Shea Briss is probably gonna stay. So you got a decent little five over there in Indy. But I think if Halliburton has another all-star caliber season, they could possibly maybe make the play-in this year. Now the free agents next year for them is just George Hill. So more than likely, uh, the Pacers guys are coming back next year easily. Now let's move on to the Washington Wizards. What a disappointing season from the Wizards. You would have thought with a, a tandem such as Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis, and Bradley Beal, that they would at least make the play in. The Wizards have been a disaster. And I feel like it's probably because you got too many guys that need the ball. They don't really have a point guard that can spread the offense. I thought that Kendrick Nunn was going to help with that, but Kendrick Nunn is another ball-dominant guard. Kyle Kuzma is going to be a free agent next year. Christoph Perzingis has a player option, and so does Kuzma. But Kuzma wants to explore free agency. I think Porzingis is going to come back to Washington. But my thoughts about this is... Next season, would if they bring back Kuzma and and, and for Zegas, this is the put up or shut up season for Washington. I'm pretty sure that Bradley Beal is tired of losing, and I'm and the whole city of Washington D.C. is tired of the Wizards losing and coming up short. I feel like the GM for the Wizards has to put a much better team around them comprised of defensive players because the Wizards did not play any defense last year whatsoever. So the Wizards free agent, oh, we already went over that. Kendrick Nunn is the only legit free agent and comp- Kuzma's going to opt out and be a free agent. Porzingis, his status is unknown at this point. Next up, we got the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic had a bounce-back season. They were the worst team in the league and got the, the rookie, Paolo Banchero, who did pretty well in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, he was up and down, but still pretty much a solid guy definitely a rookie of the year. The rookie of the year. I feel like the Magic should just keep their team together and just continue the build. I don't think they need a big free agent. I think they just need to build around Paolo Banchero and um, Markel Fultz. They're a decent little duo over there. Um, Their free agent is Mo Watner. I think he's definitely coming back if his brother, if France, is there. He's definitely going to uh, come back. But the Magic just need to keep doing what they're doing. Jamal Mosley has done a very good job over there in Orlando. Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons suffered a whole lot of injuries last year. They suffered a lot of crucial injuries to Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey missed some games, Isaiah Stewart missed some games. It was pretty. Uh, uh, Marvin Bagley missed the first half of the season. It was injury hell for the Pistons last year. They couldn't get into any rhythm, but however, they did well throughout the season, especially with acquiring talent. I mean, you bring in James Wiseman, you bring in um him, he's a good player. And they're on the coaching search as well. They fired, well, they let go of their coach, Dwayne Casey. They promoted Dwayne Casey. Now, the free agents for the Pistons are Hammy Diallo, Corey Joseph, and Rodney Magruder. I mean, we could live without those three guys. My concern is the core consisting of Kay Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Bohan Bogdanovich, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Durant. Those are the five guys that I'm concerned with. That's the starting lineup that I'm concerned with. And then whoever the fuck we draft, whether it be Victor Wimbenyama, which is the guy that I would want. Or Brandon Miller, AKA Brandon Killer. decent cats in that top five but you gotta draft Victor if you got number one you'd be a fool not to let's move on let's move on to the next let's move on to the Western Conference Land of the Eliminated Land of the Eliminated the New Orleans Pelicans The Pelicans got a lot of decisions to make in the offseason. Like, this team was one game away from the playoffs. It was just that simple. And the decision that they have to make is with Zion Williamson. It's looking like this dude is becoming another injury-prone basketball player. It's very unfortunate to watch this fall from grace. I remember watching Zion Williamson in middle school, watching tape of him in middle
1: school, dunking on everybody.
0: And for him to go to the NBA and be injury prone and to be possibly another Sam Bowie, Greg Oden, Brandon Roy prototype is just sad to see. I feel like New Orleans should trade Zion Wood, in my opinion. Because what good are you if you're not available? Availability is key. I also feel like they should trade CJ McCollum. I just don't, I mean, CJ's not clutch. It's just plain and simple. He's all right, but I feel like the Pelicans can upgrade from a C.J. McCollum. It just depends on who's a free agent, whether New Orleans should uh, pursue a trade or not. Pelicans were very disappointing, even though uh, Brandon Agram, you know, that's the guy that you want to build your franchise around. So hopefully the injury bug doesn't bite this team next year, and they can come back with a vengeance, because you have to remember, the early part of the season, they were the number one seed in the West, and Zion Williamson was an MVP candidate, balling out of control. Now, their free agent next year is um, Josh Richardson. And um, Jackson Hayes is a restricted free agent. I think he's going to come back to New Orleans. I think New Orleans is probably going to match any offer that they offer for uh, Jackson Hayes. Let's move on. Let's move on. We're getting through this pretty fast. Oklahoma City Thunder. Hey, next year, this team's going to make the playoffs. Book it. They are going to make the playoffs. Health and wealth considered. Like, you got Shea and Giddy already. Jalen Williams, Lou Doran. You got a squad already. You got the uh, makings of a squad in the future. Now you bring Chet Holmgren into the fold. You bring another top 10 pick into the fold. I mean, OKC got 100,000 picks. As simple as that. The OKC future is bright. They don't even need to sign a free agent. They're fine just the way that they are, building up what they already have. Land of the Eliminated, the Dallas Mavericks. Number one major key for Dallas, re-sign Kyrie Irving. Re-sign him, re-sign him, re-sign him. In order to keep Luca happy, you gotta make, you gotta beat Luka's demands. And resigning Kyrie Irving is a start. Now you gotta figure out what are you gonna run. And is Jason Kidd my head coach? Because I feel like Kidd should should be fired. Christian Wood is probably gonna walk. I mean, Dallas needs to draft a center. Like, imagine a guy like Walker Kessler on Dallas. But Dallas was a complete disappointment. And everybody wants to blame Kyrie when the blame should be on Coach Kidd for being mid. Like, you got a superstar in Luka Doncic. You can make those around him better at times. And sometimes he can be a crazy, shot-jacking fool. Give Lucas some help in the offseason. Utah Jazz. I mean, Utah Jazz wasn't really supposed to win 37 games. They were really supposed to tank. But they wanted to play up until the end of the season where they just basically quit. Dallas quit, too. But Utah quit. This dude, Laurie Barkin and, J- and Jordan Clarkson, just quit on the season. Like, what is wrong with those two guys? Seriously. You fight all season, and then when you about to play in the playing game, you miss games. What part of the game is that? The Jazz have potential. They just have to tap into it and play an entire season together. The Portland Trailblazers, man, poor Damian Lillard. Like, they had such a good start. But, you know, lack of defense, that's always been a problem for Damian Lillard's teams is lacking on the defensive end perimeter or interior. I mean, Dame is going to be incredible. Anthony Simons is going to be solid every night. But they need some defenders. Jeremy Grant's not going to do it. Jeremy Grant has to get traded. I say keep Dane and Simons and get rid of everybody else and upgrade at every position. But that was just a sad end to the Blazer season. Hopefully they can uh, bring in some better talent to go around them because he's not going to stay there if they continue bullshitting like this. Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets suck. Like, the way that they run their offense suck. Their shot selection suck. Their defense suck. They definitely deserve their 22-60 and 60 record. I'm surprised they won 22 games. That's an improvement from last season much of one, but y'all get my point. Now, however, Jabari Smith Jr. and Jalen Green do have potential. And I don't like how they did Steven Silas, either. Like, now they're searching for a brand new coach. And it's more than likely going to be Frank Vogel. Ogle might be coming back on the Rockets, and he's the perfect coach for them. He could get them energized and make them listen. And last but totally not least, the San Antonio Spurs already knew they were going to try to tank for the number one overall pick. Although, as of recently, the Spurs were competitive. We're pretty solid. But Pop has to continue building through the draft. I don't know if any star players would want to come to the San Antonio Spurs in the state that they're in. I'm not going to say that the Spurs have a bright future. Because they don't, oh, unless they draft Victor Wembanyama. But me personally, I think that they should draft Brandon Miller and run their team off of them.
1: Oh.
0: I think that's where you gotta decide like what's real. But the Spurs okay, more than likely definitely getting a top five pick. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I can name seven San Antonio Spurs right now. Let's see if I can try. Jeremy Sohan, Blake Wesley, Malachi Branham. Uh, Keita Um uh, I already said the homie that I called. Um shit. Trey Jones. Trey Jones, that's five. Yeah, Caputo don't even play there
1: anymore, so
0: I don't even know. Jello who. Beats,
1: holla at me.
0: I don't know who um, else San Antonio got, but god damn it, that's how bad they were. But that's my show. I want to thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for coming out and fucking with me, listening to New Music Fridays, Land of the Eliminated, and I'm going.
1: Thank you.